Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God which we hear this morning is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 3 verses 15 to 22. Now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations he preached to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, And for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this, above all, that he shut John up in prison. Now when all the people were being baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Luke presents us with Jesus being baptized and standing on the bank of the Jordan ready to begin that work that he was sent to do, ready to begin that work of salvation, that work of bringing that new life to his people. Without looking down at the text in your bulletin, see if you can remember how much does the Gospel of Luke say about the actual baptism of Jesus? The answer is almost nothing. He doesn't even refer to it directly. He simply says, after Jesus was baptized, while he was praying, and then talks about the voice from heaven and the dove coming down upon Jesus. In fact, if the only gospel account we had was the gospel of Luke, we wouldn't even know that Jesus had been baptized by John. Because Luke talks about it after he talks about John being imprisoned. Luke is less concerned with the actual baptism. That doesn't mean it's not an important event. It certainly is a very important event. But the Holy Spirit, by inspiration through uh, the evangelist Luke, focuses on not the baptism itself, but the result of the baptism. Jesus standing on that bank ready for that work to which he had been sent, anointed and called by God. You are my beloved son. Just one chapter before this, in our sermon text from last week, we heard the little boy Jesus in the temple saying to his parents, and I paraphrase a little bit here, saying to his parents, where else would I be other than about my Father's work, about the work of that work of salvation, that work of bringing new life to his people, which is why I'm sent. And that's exactly what Luke shows us here. Jesus ready to begin that new work. There's the Holy Spirit, right? Above Jesus, hovering above Jesus with the power to bring life to his people. And Jesus anointed by God and ready for that work. Before, however, before Jesus can begin his work of bringing that new life to his people, the old has to be cleared away. 
And that was the purpose of John the Baptist. I often find myself on Monday mornings when I know I should be starting my text study for the next Sunday and getting ready for Bible class, I often find myself making excuses not to get to it because my desk is still cluttered with all the, the work from last week. And I know that I, I need to unclutter my desk. I need to put everything away before I can begin the work of the next week. That's something I kind of, mm, maybe do that later. Before, we, before Jesus begins and brings that new life, the old must be washed away. And that was the purpose of John the Baptist. To come with a, what does it say? In, well, actually it's not in our text, but just a few verses before our text, in Luke 3, verse 3, John went into all the region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. The purpose of John the Baptist and of the baptism which God gave to him was to call people to repentance and then to wash away that sin, wash away that old man, that evil, so that the new could be planted and grow when Christ Jesus came. And Luke goes to great lengths in his gospel to show us this, to show us John preparing the way by washing away the old. The, the low is brought high, the high is, is brought low. John confronts the soldier and the tax collector with their sin. He even confronts even the Pharisees, who are considered the height of, of the religious life of the Israelite people. He confronts them with their sin, even confronting King Herod. John's purpose was to clear away that sin, and there's no sin, no matter how powerful or no matter how righteous the people think they are, that John is going to ignore. And so he confronts the Pharisees, he confronts the tax collectors, the soldiers, all the people with their sin, but offers them also that baptism which washes away that sin and prepares them for the new life in Christ. The baptism that we have, the baptism of Jesus, the baptism that Jesus brought, is of course not less than the baptism of John, but more. As John himself proclaimed in Luke 3.16 in our text, I baptize you with water, but one greater than I is coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that Jesus won't use water. John isn't saying that it's going to be something completely different. I use water and he'll use the Holy Spirit. But what John is saying is that that baptism will be greater. It will be everything that John's baptism baptism was plus more you know when you go to the grocery store to buy your dishwasher detergent if you buy cascade detergent you know that you have three choices right you have the original you have the complete and then you have the platinum version and the platinum isn't missing anything in the original but it's everything in the original plus more as well that's exactly what john is talking about here the baptism that jesus brings is everything that the baptism of John had, but more as well. And so we too, in our baptism, have that same calling to repentance and washing away of the old, of the sin, of the old man, so that that new life in Christ can begin within us. Just like the flood. Whenever we talk about baptism, we're reminded of the flood. Peter makes that connection in his letters. 
Just like the waters of the flood washed away the evil, the old, to prepare the world for the, the new life that God intended to bring, so also the waters of our baptism wash away the old, ready for that new life of Christ, calling us to repentance. Peter reminds the people at the, on the day of Pentecost, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Through baptism, the sin, the old, the evil, that old man is washed away and we are left empty, ready for that new life in Christ. And so here Luke presents Jesus after the ministry of John. In reality, they overlapped a little bit. But, at, but Luke presents him after the ministry of John. John prepares the way, calling people to repentance. And now here is Jesus ready to bring that new life to his people. And there, of course, is the Holy Spirit hovering in the form of a dove over Jesus. That reminds us of Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, the world ready for the new life that God was going to create, and there's the Holy Spirit ready to bring it. And so here too as well, here we have that world that has been called to repentance, ready for the new life, and the Holy Spirit hovering over it as Jesus is about to begin that new work of creation, the greater work of creation. The creation at the beginning of the world is indeed a great work, but the work that Jesus is about to do now of bringing life to sinful dead people is greater still. And there's the Holy Spirit. Notice that in our sermon text, Luke emphasizes that the Spirit was there bodily, physically. It's not just a vision. But the Holy Spirit took the bodily form of a dove and was hovering there. This also then reminds us of what is different about Jesus' baptism as opposed to John. Like John's, it is a call to repentance and a washing away of the sin. But unlike John's, we have also the promise of the Holy Spirit. Right? Our baptism is the platinum version. Everything of John's plus more this promise of the Holy Spirit. As again, Peter reminds the people on the day of Pentecost, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In baptism, our sins are washed away. The old is gone, but also we receive that Holy Spirit hovering, not just hovering above us, but filling our hearts in order to create, in order to grow that life just as he hovered over the earth at the beginning of creation. And we go back to the flood again as well. And remember that it was a dove that went out from the ark and flew over the earth just before God dried up the waters and began that new life. There was that dove again flying over the, the empty dead earth just before God begins that work of bringing new life. And so we have the dove as well, the Holy Spirit living in us. Finally, Luke makes it clear in our text that Jesus stands there on the bank ready to begin this work of bringing new life to his people. But even as he stands ready to begin it, it is already complete. What does the father speak to his son? He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What father tells his child, good job, before the, the child even begins the task he's been given. 
Or what teacher puts an A on the student's worksheet when they haven't even started yet? Yeah, that's exactly what we see here in our text. Jesus has yet, not yet begun that work. He's just about to begin that work. And yet God the Father says, in whom I am well pleased. As far as the Father is concerned, the work is already complete and done to perfection. This is true about our baptism as well. And this is part of the, the mystery, the unknowable mystery of our God and of our, of our salvation through Jesus Christ. That even as it has just begun, it is already complete. Even as the Holy Spirit is working in us daily to drown the old man and give us that forgiveness of sins and teach us to live to Christ, it is already complete. Paul, speaking to the Ephesians, reminds them, you, he has made us alive. Not he will, but he has made us alive together with Christ. He has raised us up together with him, and he has made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul's not talking about some future event, but what we already have in Christ Jesus. That work of our salvation already completed, even through our baptism. And Jesus himself, in John 5, 24, reminds us, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and will not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Our baptism is the beginning of our life in Christ. We receive the Holy Spirit who, who works in us daily to, to bring us to Christ and teach us to live to him. And yet, in the unsearchable, unknowable wisdom of God, that salvation is already complete from the moment of our baptism. Some people make the mistake of thinking that, well, baptism and the Lord's Supper, there you receive forgiveness for some of your sins. Perhaps for the sins that you did this week or for the sins of the past, but you need to keep coming again and again. You have to keep coming again and again in order to receive forgiveness for the new sins that you do. Well, that is not the way Scripture speaks. Scripture speaks of forgiveness as a complete and total thing, forgiving all our sins. So that every time we receive the sacrament in baptism, in the Lord's Supper, every time we receive forgiveness here on Sunday mornings, it is complete and total, covering all of our sins. Not only what we have done, but even what we will do. We have forgiveness. We have salvation through Jesus Christ. So that coming to the Lord's Supper is no longer a thing of, well, what I have to do. The sacraments are not a thing of the law, are they? The sacraments are not a commandment. You must do this. The sac coming to the sacraments is a thing that we greatly rejoice and desire to do, to receive again that beautiful promise, that wonderful good work of God within us, the complete and full salvation of our souls. Jesus stands at the bank of the Jordan. Jesus stands at the bank of the Jordan ready to begin that work of our salvation, to begin that new life within us. He stands at the bank of the Jordan having already washed away the old through John the Baptist and through uh, his baptism as well. Having washed away the old, prepared us for that new life. He stands at the bank of the Jordan with the Holy Spirit ready to begin that new work of creation, that new life within us, which is already complete.
2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen.